Oh, yes, there will be blood. Probably. Welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Now, every week, as you know, we single-mindedly drill deep into the earth, all the while resenting our neighbors and completely ignoring our children. (laughs) But hey, all that's in an effort to bring you the best information about Wall Street and the financial markets. Now, this week, we focus on oil and jobs. Now, for the first time in about eight years, OPEC has reached a deal to cut production. Now, the move pushed oil prices up last week, and we'll take a look at some of the details of that move. Meanwhile, the government released its latest jobs report. The numbers were pretty ho-hum, but they were strong enough to keep the door open to a Federal Reserve rate hike later this month. So we'll dig into the employment stats and look at what they mean for interest rates. And we'll check back in with our good friends at the Fed. They released their latest economic overview last week, and we've got all the details on that. And as always, we'll drill into some of the more out-of-the-way lots on Wall Street. We'll look at the uh, reindeer delivering pizza, an Uber for laundry, and a bunch of ways that companies are trying to get current with the way we watch TV and movies. (laughs) This is the I Hate Most People edition of Offbeat Wall Street. I have a competition in me. I want no one else to succeed. hate most people. All right, well, OPEC dominated much of the conversation last week. Now, the group includes most of the world's biggest oil-producing countries, and they all reached a deal to curb oil production. They said they'd cut it by 1.2 million barrels per day. Now, that move is meant to end a global glut and to raise crude prices. It's the first production cut announced since 2008, and that move came amid the recession that followed the global financial crisis. Oil prices had plunged from north of $100 a barrel down to $40 a barrel, costing major oil producers like Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Iraq billions of dollars in revenues. OPEC is an organization of 14 major oil exporters, including Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Iraq, and it generates around 40% of global production. OPEC nations currently produce about 33.7 million barrels of oil a day, and under the new agreement, production would be brought down to 32.5 million a day. Global oil prices rose sharply following that news, climbing from around $46 a barrel to above $50 a barrel. Oil dominated the early part of last week, but the attention eventually turned to jobs data towards the end of the week. That says the government released its monthly employment report Friday, and those figures showed the economy added a few more jobs in November than economists had been anticipating. The report said that non-farm payroll employment climbed 178,000 jobs in November. That followed a downwardly revised increase of 142,000 in October. Economists had expected the employment rate to increase by about 170,000 jobs compared to the addition of 161,000 that was reported originally the previous month. The big headline from the report, though, was the unemployment rate. The Labor Department said that the jobless rate fell to 4.6%. That was down sharply from the 4.9% seen in October. The unemployment rate had been expected to remain unchanged. The new level was the lowest rate in nine years, but this wasn't necessarily a sign that people were getting back to work. 
The unexpected drop by the unemployment rate reflected a decrease in labor force participation, meaning less people are in the labor force. The participation rate edged down to 62.7 in November from 62.8 in October. The jobs figures were likely good enough to keep the Fed on track for a rate hike later this month. Now, last week, the Fed released its so-called Beige Book, a survey of all the economic conditions in the Fed's regional districts. The report said the economy continued to expand across most regions from early October through mid-November. Most areas describe growth as either modest or moderate. Some exceptions, though. The Fed said that Philadelphia, Cleveland, and Kansas City reported a slight pace of growth, while Richmond characterized economic activity as mixed, and New York said that activity remained flat. Now, members of the Federal Reserve's rate-setting committee have been eyeing a rate hike for some time. Some weak economic data early in the year caused them to hold off. Then they decided to keep rates steady through the election. But now it seems likely that the long-anticipated rate hike is likely going to come when the Fed meets in just over a week. The options market is currently pricing in about a 95% chance that the Fed will announce a rate hike December 14th following its next meeting. Markets then think the Fed is likely to hold off for a little while. Current market projections point to a second rate hike not likely until June. You just tell me how to run my family. It might be more important now that you've proven the field and we're offering to buy you out. One night I'm going to come to you inside of your house, wherever you're sleeping, and I'm going to cut your throat. All right, now let's take a look at what's on the horizon for this week. After the big jobs report last week, the economic calendar is, uh, shall we say, rather bland for the next few days, but we'll still get a few noteworthy reports, just a few. The Institute for Supply Management releases its snapshot of the nation's services sector on Monday. That's an important figure because it includes the retail sector, and it'll also give a look at some pre-Christmas activity in this segment of the economy. Another hint to the health of the consumer will come later in the week. Friday sees the release of stats on consumer sentiment. That's based on survey results, and it'll look at how optimistic people are about the economy headed into the final weeks of the holiday shopping season. Also on the agenda are factory orders, international trade, productivity, and wholesale trade. Okay, turning to corporate news, a couple of big home builders are reporting their earnings next week. This is led by Toll Brothers. The housing market has been a bright spot in the economy lately. Earnings from Toll Brothers are expected to reflect that. The company is projected to see a notable rise in quarterly profits, with revenues anticipated to rise nearly 25%. And the year is winding up. It's the last chance to get those tax deductions going. H&R Block is set to release its quarterly results this week. The company is projected to see a loss for the quarter, with the red ink deepening from last year. However, the tax preparer always posts a loss for this time of year. It makes its money during the scramble ahead of the April 15th tax filing deadline. Costco, AutoZone, Sienna, and Lululemon are on the earnings docket this week as well. You look like a fool, don't you, Dilford? Yes. All right, each week we like to wander off into the weeds, off of the beaten track just a little bit, take a look at some money stories that aren't exactly Wall Street related. So, time now for a few of our quick hits. Well, it looks like Domino's Pizza is training reindeer to deliver pizza. Yeah, the effort's taking place in Japan, where the animals would theoretically be used for pizza delivery in the freezing weather this winter. In a video released by the Japanese unit, employees are shown leading the reindeer with delivery boxes attached to its back around a parking lot. The test period is ongoing in a city in northern Japan. Okay, on to something for all you Walking Dead fans, a zombie currency that you just can't kill. Yeah, Zimbabwe has launched its own currency for the first time since 2009. 
That move was aiming to meet a worsening cash shortage. Now, last week, the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe introduced the new currency. The new bond notes are worth one U.S. dollar, which is the country's main currency since its local dollar was scrapped seven years ago due to hefty inflation. The newly introduced cash substitute is legal tender in Zimbabwe, but not valid outside the country. So initially, the banks will circulate an amount worth $10 million in the system and two and five dollar denominations. Well, back here at home, companies are still trying to catch up to people's changing viewing habits. The latest move is from AT&T, which last week launched a new online video streaming service from DirecTV. The telecom giant bought the satellite TV provider back in 2014, or 2014 if you will. The DirecTV Now Internet TV streaming service is priced at $35 a month for the cheapest package. And with that, customers, with that, customers can live stream TV services to the net, also to your smartphones and tablets, and can be connected to your TV using Apple TV and Amazon Fire TV, Roku devices and all that. The cheapest package has 60 channels, including CNBC and Bloomberg. Local TV stations are available for certain markets, although you can't get CBS anywhere at this point. Well, sorry, NCIS fans. Meanwhile, one of Hollywood's biggest movie studios is trying to push the industry towards earlier releases for home viewing of movies. Warner Brothers is in talks with movie theater owners to shorten the typical 90 days of exclusivity that they have over new releases. A studio executive shared the news with investors at a conference last week without providing additional details. Such a move could allow for a new release window for home video customers willing to pay a premium for earlier access. Hey, and uh, speaking of the movies, uh, online video streaming service provider Netflix has announced that they're going to be providing, get this, offline movie watching. You know, I thought we had that. I believe it was called DVDs and Blu-rays. <laughs> Gotta love this newfangled technology. Hey, now let's check in on the ever-growing gig economy. Now, let me ask you this. Now, how ready are you for strangers to come into your basement and clean their dirty underwear? I'll wait for an answer not much longer. Swedish company Electrolux is mulling over an idea to start an Uber for laundry-like service. And the new CEO of the home appliance maker told the Financial Times that Electrolux is, quote, very open to experimentation with laundry. Get your minds out of the gutter. The company plans for Uber for laundry that would allow the owners of Electrolux washing machines to charge a fee to wash other people's clothes. Can I just add one word? You... Lord sometimes challenges us, doesn't he, Lord? Oh, yes, he does. Daniel, yes, he does. Yes, he does. He completely failed to alert me to the recent panic in our economy. Hey, thanks, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. If you like the show, go to iTunes and subscribe. While you're there, go ahead and rate and review the show because those great ratings help other people discover it. It's very helpful, and make sure you let all your friends know. Check out our great website at offbeatwallstreet.com. Follow us on Twitter at offbeatwallstreet, and you spell street S-T like you see on those street signs. And also a big thank you to the big BS, Brian Stewart, for shoveling all these great facts into the show and writing the script and co-producing the podcast. And, of course, a great big thanks to RTT News for providing a lot of the news and stats we use in this here show. For up-to-date info on the markets, check them out, rttnews.com. And as we say goodbye, I just want to give a quick winter tip to all you homeowners out there. You know, the snow is starting to fall here in the Northeast, and when it gets to melt this spring, the only thing that's going to save your basement from flooding... Yeah, I mean...
may be time to check those sump pumps. Have a great week, everybody.